<laughs> How should we start this? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I'll tell you what, Ian, I'm just going to jump right in. That's what's okay. going to happen. All right. So I have a question for you, and it's based on something that we ended up talking about in Ignorance in a Bottle. Oh, and uh, I just want to make this a much bigger deal. I feel like it was it, it got glazed over pretty quickly in uh, Ignorance in a Bottle. And now that we're like a weekend, we're obviously wiser and whatever. Uh, Ian, you stupidly, so stupidly <laughs> guessed that uh, the origins you of fool. meditation were in uh, China. And we bet yeah. $100 on it, didn't we, Ian? No, my bet was initially that like so I would post a picture of my wiener on Instagram or something. Maybe maybe add a little hat to it or, or with uh, tools drawn into the sh a rocket ship. So basically the self-detonate version <laughs> for the <laughs> podcast. Hey, everyone, ban us. Can you ban us any quicker? Uh, no, but Ian, so uh, we're, we're a week in. So I'm just curious. Do you still think so stupidly that, uh, that the origins of meditation come from China? No, based based on what I learned, um, the meditation originated uh, in the Hindu tradition on the Indian mm. subcontinent, where it was spread throughout the Silk Road, or rather Buddhism was spread uh, throughout the Silk Road. So, so, so where was the country, though? Can you just say that again? The Indian subcontinent. Oh, wow, that's crazy. And which one of us guessed that it was India? Well, there's, uh, you said Tibet. I said, and then I said India. No, you said we, Tibet. We, oh, oh fuck <laughs> yeah. No. I'm so glad it's recorded because no. you're going to look so foolish when everyone hears no. you in ignorance in a bottle, just ignoring me like you always do. But anyway, Ian, once you hear it, I I, I'm so. going to send a Venmo request live on the air for a hundred dollars. We never agreed on a hundred dollars. I said, I said I would degrade myself on Instagram in some capacity. And you were the one that was like, no, I want money. The tape speaks for itself. I rest my case. Well, you know what? I don't want to argue on the record, Ian. All right. The record speaks for itself. All right, let's go ahead and start the show. Hello everyone and welcome to Camp Re-Education, an immersive bootcamp into the world we thought we knew. We are your hosts, Ian and Shay, beginning our two-week immersion into the world of total fucking enlightenment. Well, well, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this amazing journey into the world of our own minds. Of course, as the title suggests, we have fully become enlightened or totally fucking enlightened. But beyond, before we get too far into it, we are so lucky this week to be graced by the incredible musical prowess of this week's featured artist, Kinship, a personal favorite of both mine and Ian. And ooh, you can just hear them warming up in the background. Such an amazing song. So definitely make sure you stick around and listen to their song, Easy Yoke, at the end of the episode. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. We're, we're very excited to have them on the show. Um, all right, so uh, for this immersion, for Total Fucking Enlightenment Camp, Shay and I decided to meditate two hours a day as well as try to dive as uh, much as humanly possible into like the, the culture, I guess, surrounding meditation and, and its origins. Would you say that's a correct representation of what happened over these past two weeks? I'd say that's a correct representation of what you did. I just meditated. And then you did a bunch of research into like Buddhism and philosophy, as you're wont to do. Can't blame you there. That was, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I wasn't super into the meditation. It, it, it was an enjoyable experience. But a lot of the times the thought that would kind of bubble to the surface is like, there's a better way to spend your time. 
Well, and we'll obviously have the entire rest of the episode to talk about that. But why should you care as the listener? Like, what? who gives a fuck about mindfulness? Well, Ian, forever the skeptic, has a lot of reasons to believe that you shouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I don't think it's that you shouldn't give a fuck. I think it's that there's reason to be suspect of, like, this sudden emergence of of mindfulness as a pop culture phenomenon. I think I think there's some some sneakiness mm. afoot. You cuz you think uh, Amazon is behind it all, right? Jeff Bezos. I, I don't know why. <laughs> you know what's so funny is like there there is some sort of foghorn leghorn element to this and I'm going to get to the bottom of it, goddammit. it. <laughs> okay, so the the fact that it's by Ian's account here a multi-billion dollar industry is suspect for him. But I think one of the other things that is noteworthy at least is that Mindfulness comes with this promise of, uh, among many things, uh, more focus, concentration, uh, less anxiety, spiritual enlightenment. And there's some studies that back this up. And Ian uh, was quick to find any article that did not back it up. And he's like, whoa, 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 Shay, not so fast. Look at this one article I found. Isn't that right, Ian? I found there were several (laughs) articles. All right. There were a number of studies saying like, all right, hold your fucking horses. okay?" because again, like it's it's this like hyper effect and I feel like this is one of these things that we've kind of been seeing in science that uh, like people in the sciences are are I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily eager to point it out but I mean at least willing to be like listen all right there is pressure to publish so that we can get funding and I feel like this is one of those things where like we got 10 people and through these 10 people have unlocked the secrets of mindfulness and the universe and uh, you know I, I, so I think there's uh, I think it's you owe it to yourself we have a duty as I, I don't know, informed citizenry to to give everything pause and be like, all right, like, is it, if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. All right. Well, I, we have so much more to talk about. But, I, you know, before I guess before we get into our ignorance in a bottle where we talk to our past selves about this, um, I guess the thing that like is the most interesting to me is that you do think that it's like a corporate pushed agenda, that this wasn't like more of a grassroots approach. Like, I, I'm just curious, like, who do you think was behind this? Like, do you, I mean, we, we talk about McMindfulness or you, you, you especially talk about McMindfulness, but like, do you think that like Microsoft and Oracle are, are the ones pushing this? They're like, we need more pro mindfulness research right now so that we can push these cogs slightly harder. No, but I mean, I do think that, you know, as with everything in the market, like I think once capitalism gets a hold of something, it fundamentally changes what it is. And it tries to, you know, commodify it to its to the umpteenth degree or or turn it. Yeah, like I was right when I said commodify. But I mean, like, like it has its own special way of bringing out like the most productness aspect of a thing. And I think that's absolutely been true of mindfulness. I, I, I do think it has gotten drifted quite far from what I have perceived in my five days of research <laughs> to be like pretty radical roots. And we're definitely going to talk about that. But um, no, and I think, you, you know what, uh, I, I do think we're getting like a, a watered down corporate version of like a sacred, if not somewhat, you know, radical spiritual practice. Um, and I also like there is a subculture that has emerged from the mindfulness movement 
that is just fucking obnoxious. That is just very easy to not like. You know, it's so funny. And, and we'll, we'll, I mean, we're going to talk about this so much in just a little bit, but I, I really like mindfulness and like mindfulness meditation and everything that comes along with this. So it's so interesting. I think this is one of the first episodes that you and I, we both have, we're both coming into this with really strong opposing uh, feeling, uh, feelings, because I think generally like Wall Street camp, K-pop camp, we're always like, what the hell is going on? And we we're we're a lot more in sync. But this was one of the first camps, I think, where I look at you and I'm like, Ian, what the fuck are you talking about? Get off that goddamn soapbox. <laughs> I uh, OK, that's and that's fair. That's right. Like, you know, I feel like I do have some uh, thoughts to back up like where I'm coming from. And like, like I just want to go on the record and say, like, I'm not you know, we meditated or we tried to meditate two hours a day for the past, you know, five days as is, you know, uh, per part of the course of our immersions. And I did enjoy my experience. Um, was it, is it everything they promised? I, I don't know if I did it long enough necessarily. It was an enjoyable experience, but I do think that it's not all that it's like hyped up to be. And uh, I think we can, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Should we, uh, pass it off to our past even more. I mean, if people think we're ignorant now, wait until they hear us a week ago. Absolutely. So let's hand it off to those dribbling idiots, as we as we lovingly call them. We, we not so lovingly call them. Uh, of the past, past Ian and past Shay. Take it away with Ignorance in a Bottle. Ignorance in a Bottle Welcome to Ignorance in a Bottle, an ignorance time capsule where we lay bare our biases and preconceptions very long before our immersion to showcase exactly how dumb we sound before consulting the almighty internet because after all, we're only this ignorant once. Ian from the past, it's me, Shay from the past. Here we are talking about total fucking enlightenment camp, meditation, you know, the stuff like that. Um, tell me about how ignorant you are. Bro, I'm I I'm so chill right now. Like I didn't prepare at all for this. Like I'm I'm literally just I came in here on vibes. You know what I mean? Like it's it's sweet, dude. Um anyway, yeah, meditation. Uh you know, who is it? Um where does it come from? What does it want from us? Uh I've got a couple things here. I know you've got a couple things here and yep. um yep. Uh, you you know what? Uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I, I dialed up the ignorance for this one, man. I dialed my ignorance all the way up to eleven because this is one of those things that's just become so ubiquitous. I feel like I I feel like you can't. I I, I don't know. Uh, flip around through Instagram and not stumble upon some sort of like chakra page, or mm. some sort of like you know a, a vibe guide or something like that, um, having to do with meditation. Um, but I never click on this stuff like i've always avoided it like i mm. I, I always see this in a meet and i always go mm, not for me um i want to make that fart noise over again let me let me try that again for me <laughs> moisten the, the lips here mm, not for me mm, um much better yeah it's just like totally not my thing totally not my vibe and uh you know th there's not even any good like media representation on meditation like there's there's no like coach carter of meditation movies like we're a bunch of hyper kids <laughs> come into a, a yoga uh, gym and uh, you know, Samuel Jackson is, is like uh, whips them into, into being chill or something. I feel like there's like some aspects of, I mean, I feel like even in like the, the reboot of like the Christian Bale Batman, he goes to a monastery and he gets like totally in touch with like his mindful side. Well, Samuel L. Jackson's not there being like, 
Y'all motherfuckers need vibes. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. And I do want to circle back just on one little thing because it wouldn't be campy education if it wasn't incredibly pedantic. But, uh, <laughs> Ian, did you say chakra? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Are you did telling me it's not pronounced chakra? I don't think it is. And I'm Wait, it's, it's a loan word. Like, why wouldn't they spell it the way that it's pronounced if they're going to take it from a country whose alphabet isn't even Romanized? <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to Google it right now and we'll cut out all the pausing if there is any. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to look it up just for both of us right now and just make sure that we totally know. I what really, we're I'm really shocked that it's not chakras. Chakra. Fuck, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I thought it was pronounced chakra with a sh. All right, so I mean, I don't know, like uh, that was kind of me getting a little bit off topic, but I mean, that was like more or less my point. Like my first thing is like, it's meditation and light, like this whole Zen thing um, is so saturated in, especially social media. And it's crazy how I have avoided these things like crab traps on the St. John's River. Okay. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a Florida reference that I don't even get. <laughs> Eight people got that joke. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, okay, but I think I agree with you. I don't really ever click on all of the the super like zen. I don't know, but all that shit feels watered down anyway. Like whenever I see something on like social media or like Instagram and it's like talking about mindfulness, it feels like it feels like a super westernized uh, watered down, like Big Macified version of Big Macified. <laughs> you're not wrong about that. Like, would you like yeah. your meditation with pickles today? Like, that's kind of the, the feeling that I get. It's like cherry picking chakras, you know, which is uh, the name of my ska band. Uh, we're playing live this Friday out here in sunny Boston, what the fuck is this? California. <laughs> I like, uh, are you making fun of the cherry pop and daddies? Yeah, more. I don't know. The hey, cherry sure. picking Let's go. chakras. <laughs> the cherry popping chakras. Uh, uh, ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, so, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so my first one. So, uh, just, uh, if we didn't make this abundantly clear, we each have three biased preconceptions we start with. So, that was Ian's, uh, was like the Instagram one. Mine is. <laughs> Uh, I'm starting also with some pretty, you know, maybe obvious stuff, but I'm pretty sure it's old. It's like an old thing that like mindfulness has like a long-standing tradition. It's ancient, I would even go as far as to say. And, I, am, uh, I am under that impression, but like that's that's pretty wild because like meditation these days makes sense. Uh-huh. Like, you know, we're, we're so dialed in, we're so plugged in. But like the idea that like back then, like what, you saw a bird and you were like, man, that bird really worked me up. I, I think I need to go meditate. Like that was, sure. that was a lot of stimulation for me in 1802. I'm sure our ancient ancestors still had anxiety and depression. I don't think mental illness is an advent of uh, the internet or comes with the advent of the internet. Well, it's interesting. It's like you, you kind of made this line to... Uh, like mental illness, this idea of like, it's kind of like an at home remedy or like an alternative medicine for, you know, anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. uh, ADD, ADHD. I, I, I kind of get that impression too, a little bit though. I haven't like looked into it, but, um, that, that's kind of what it seems like to me. It, it, it's almost like people offering it as a, as a brand or a solution to these, uh, you know, ever growing mental health issues that are like plaguing our generation and, and like this period of time. Yeah. So like the latest generation of like a self-help genre of uh, like alternative medicine. So this is this is like alternative medicines, self-help explanation or solution. 
that a little saying? bit. Yeah. Like after you said that, I, I feel like I've seen that around. I mean, like, am I, am I wrong? Am I crazy? Like, I feel like you've probably seen that on, on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. But I actually, but I, I, yes, I do think that, but I actually think that di- this one is a little different in the sense that I think this is actually like beneficial. Like there have been studies that show that th- this is like the Western medicine has caught up in the sense that like we've done studies now and show that actually they made, you know, this made sense. Like this actually does seem like a practice that is helpful for people. And I'm not, I'm not even saying like this is, it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, I didn't even think about it at first. I, I do feel like it's advertised as a, as a f- sort of like alternative medicine. And like, that's, yeah, like maybe yeah. there's something to that that we'll, we'll dive into more in the coming weeks. I wonder if that could even be for some people like a marketing pitfall, because like for me, like all, when I think of alternative medicine, like I'm a little uh, turned off by that, you know, and I, I don't know if maybe this is again, like my dogmatic allegiance to science that I'm just like, no, if it's not science, if it's not the science that I know, then it's, you know, it doesn't count or if there hasn't been a study already done on it, it has to be bullshit. Well, I um, feel like with like, uh, you know, and that was like a side effect of uh, colonialism, right? Like we just like bulldozed uh, uh, any sort of other countries like way of doing things. And right. now that that's kind of, I, I, I don't know, like the, the white supremacy sheen has worn off. Um, <laughs> we're a little bit more like, oh, a lot of these ideas were actually really fucking good. Like, let's bring these back, uh, which actually kind of lines up with one of the things I wrote down that like there is some sort of racist thing going on with like the co-op of like meditation and mindfulness. Um, I know that was a thing with yoga. Is that also a thing with meditation too? I feel like I, I kind of lumped them all together. Mm. So you're thinking of this as almost like a whitewashing of meditation and mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, like it, it probably comes from, like you said, like this rich historical tradition and like we've turned it into, like now you can be an influencer and do it. And like your name is is right. Hannah and um, you live in fucking Denver, Colorado. And like uh, after 30 minutes of meditation, you you uh, give people a promo code so they can buy weed gummies. <laughs> I, I feel like these are like kind of shots fired at like people like yoga with Adrian, who's like lives in Austin, Texas, is just like a white woman who just like does like this ancient, Indian, you know, uh, basic meditative practice. And I, I don't know. And I guess maybe this is like a good point for Ignace about Like, I'm pretty sure yoga and meditation are like involved somehow, but I don't really understand. Yeah. Like, it's like some kind of mindfulness connection. And maybe it's just that like you're focused and like in that sense, it's kind of meditative and mindful, but it's not necessarily meditation in itself. And I guess, I guess there's a few different kinds of meditation that I didn't really understand. There's like different practices or schools. At least I think so. Okay, that's uh, going to be a point for for uh, reference later on because I think I think you're right too. Like I don't think I don't think there's a one size fits all meditation, and I think like I said, there's probably different parts of the world. Like where does it originate from? Like my gut, like my my knee jerk reaction is to say that it probably comes um, somewhere from Asia, which isn't helpful at all. It's like saying <laughs> horses come from uh, the Americas. You know that doesn't narrow it down. Or any, horses don't yeah. come from the Americas, but uh, <laughs> but the, you know it's like saying like uh, okay. Okay, alligators are indigenous to the Americas. And it's like, all right, well, th- that spans literally the North and South Pole. Like, you got to be more specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I like how you're like, oh, it's like Asia. Well, that's like saying it's like from a different continent. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, but no, I think you're right. And I, I don't know if I had to guess where it's from and narrow it down a little bit more, you know, do my, uh, my try my James Bond Should we, should we just do like a bet? Like, should we just like bet and be like, all right, I bet Ooh. it's from here. And like whoever is closest gets something. Uh, sure. Um, do you want to bet first or am I betting first? Okay. This is like prices, right? It's almost like less beneficial to go first, but I'll go first. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess China. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be lazy and I'm gonna guess China. I'm gonna be ignorant white dude and go. It's probably from China. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess. I'm gonna guess. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the only other worthwhile guess is you know it's weird. I want to say Tibet, but I feel like that's dumb because it's such a small country. And I feel like just statistically, Ooh, shots fired at Tibet. Hey, at least I called it a country. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> and I. Uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to just play stats on this and just say it's probably, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money on India. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like that's like the next logic. I like how you were yeah. also like, good guess, good guess, bro. Because I read that as like, good, nice racist guess. Good job. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I mean, it's like, I think of it as meditation. And maybe this is wrong too, but I, I, for some reason I'm realizing now that I think it stems from Siddhartha. And that like he was the originator of meditation. But I don't know if that's true or if he was like, you know, like a Muhammad figure who like there was already a, an existing religious framework. And then he comes in and changes it. We're going to feel really dumb if it was Muhammad. If Muhammad was like, uh, check it out. We're meditating it, everyone. And uh, <laughs> I really don't think it's Muhammad. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, confident. So, uh, no, well, I, you know, that's, that's, wait, Ian, we haven't talked about how much money is on the line. I'm going to say a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were betting money. I thought we were we were gonna make the other person have to post something on on Instagram or something like something embarrassing. No, Ian. After Wall Street Camp, I'm coming for your money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is probably a great time to plug our Patreon. If you find us on Camp Reeducation or Patreon, uh, one, the correct slash at uh, you know Camp Reeducation board forward backwards whatever you want to uh, put in there. Um, you could donate a hundred dollars to the show to help aid me in this bet, which I will probably lose knowing my track record. Um, Shay, do you have another point that you would like to kind of bring up and, uh, uh, like walk us through today? Yes, I do. So, and this is my final point. I'm of the understanding that if I meditate enough, I'm going to be able to bring up a sense of presence in my day-to-day -day life that will effectively slow down the perceived passing of time, therefore making my life feel longer. And I know I have this belief and I actually have no idea where it comes from. If that's just like me piecing together disjointed information or articles or things I've heard in documentaries or podcasts or whatever, yeah. or if I've heard like someone has just told me this idea or uh, I'm not sure where this comes from, but I don't know. Do you share this, uh, this idea of this belief? I guess I, I mean, that to me feels like a negative experience. Like I'll be sitting in my room, no music on, like just absolutely silent with my eyes closed and my legs crossed. And then I'll be like, if we're meditating for two hours a day, my thought will be, um, okay, I mean, I can't have much longer now. And then I'll check the clock and be like, fuck, that was only two minutes. I feel like I've been in here for 45. So you're describing boredom, more or less. Yes. Yeah, which is actually my next point. So, I mean, I, I didn't mean to like kind of uh, no, no, no. that casually cascade off the back <laughs> of yours. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like more, more or less, like I, I worry that this is going to be like, almost almost like torture like i'm mm. I, i'm getting um uh like flashbacks to when i got detention in high school you know like they made you sit in the cafeteria and you could hear the rats scurrying around in the ceiling and they were like no talking jesus you had rats in the ceiling of your cafeteria florida public schools baby i, I went to a florida public school i didn't have rats in Ooh, my ceiling look at me i went to a rat free public school <laughs> Uh, okay, well, that's great. Well, you know what's interesting is I don't think of it as uh, I, I I know that boredom is like something you you uh, I guess uh, come across in meditation, but I think the idea 
is that you're you're present, you're fighting the feeling even of boredom in the same way you fight any passing thoughts. At least that's my understanding. And you know, and as I asked this, like, Ian, do you have any experience meditating? Have you ever meditated before? I, I tried to meditate one time and I was meditating with a woman in uh, Lebanon and she kept yelling at me. She kept claiming she could hear me thinking. Mm. And uh, I was like, uh, you know, you don't know me. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, like more or less, like I just, I kept thinking about stuff and I guess I, it was uh, my impression. I guess I learned that day that you're not supposed to have thoughts and that just seems like counterintuitive to being alive. And, you know, it's funny because we went on a, a, the podcast of a buddy of ours that can't recommend enough podcasts. So here's a quick plug for his show. We've an episode on there. It was a lot of fun. Go check it out. But I'm going to be dead one day and like I'll do plenty of not thinking then. So it's just like, I, I feel like it's like this weird kind of death practice. It's like, all right, I'm going to practice non-being. It's like, I don't know. Being is pretty fucking rare. Like, why not just immerse yourself more in that experience or take a nap? Like, uh, a nap to me seems more beneficial than meditation. That is fascinating. You and I have really different opinions about this, I guess. Um, so so let me just, before I dive into this a little bit more, um, do you... Have you, have you ever had any like guided meditation or anyone like tell you at all, like how you're supposed to meditate? No, I feel like that also is like counterintuitive to meditation a, li a little bit. I mean, again, like this and this is a bias and this is a preconception because then it feels uh, like meditation felt almost like a spiritual practice. So like unless I'm going into a gazebo and it's like, hey, guys, free meditation. I'm going to be your guided meditation guy and I'm doing this for free. Um, I guess that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, me meditation guys got to eat too. like this hypothetical gazebo person. Um, <laughs> hypothetical gazebo, man. <laughs> There's a band name. <laughs> He, I, then it just feels more like a sales experience. So, so you think guided meditation is like, it's just for sale. Like that's like a capitalist intervention into, into Maybe, meditation. Yeah. Yeah. A, a little bit, especially, especially if it's because if it's, originally and you know what i don't know like maybe somewhere along the line it got detached from this you know like crackers started as the body of christ and now i can buy them anywhere at my local grocer um so it's like maybe maybe at some point there was this like split from religion where it's like oh like this this outside of a spiritual area has you know uh, benefits health benefits psychological benefits and, and and that's kind of how that started um but yeah like i, I don't know like I, i've never i've never even thought about guided meditation to be completely honest that's so interesting. Okay, so we're going to have a difference here already because I I do have some experience with meditation. I used to work for the Department of Psychiatry at a university and every Thursday uh, we would have 30 minutes on the clock. We were paid to do this. We would go and meditate in a dark room. It was like seven of us. We just go sit and we had guided meditation from a trained, uh, I don't know, meditator. And <laughs> from the, you know, hypothetical gazebo man. Hypothetical gazebo man would come in. Well, actually over the, over a speakerphone. And so we would all, <laughs> all through. Uh, and most, all, actually, I think every time it was a woman and she would guide us through just different thought processes and whatever. And I, you know, I actually really liked it. It was really, really nice for us. And then uh, even more recently, you know, I read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which like, uh, I read it as like a young man. So I'm not sure now, like how, how I feel about it. But, and then even more recently, like I've watched the Netflix Headspace uh, mini series, I guess, like, but it's also guided meditation. You know, every once in a while, my girlfriend and I will just lay down in bed and we'll do guided meditations together. So I'm realizing now that like you and I have different opinions about this already. And like, I have, I guess, like a little, a little bit of exposure to it, I guess a little bit more, but so I want to ask you and uh, cause sure. I'm, I'm picking up a little bit of hostility. 
A little bit of hostility, yeah. That, and that, I'm just, that's my M.O. Like, you know, <laughs> if you go back through all this entire series, I'm just a, a hostile person in general. Yeah. So I want to ask you point blank. Do you think you like meditation? You know, I, I'll answer this question with a short story. Uh, you and I worked together at this uh, language institute in college um, in, you know, University of Florida. And I, like... There was a coworker there who, who I shall not name, who we both hated. And my exposure to meditation came through him. One day, I, I needed to use the computer, like a one computer in the office that we all shared to like print my lesson plans for the day. And uh, I was like, hey, man, do you mind if I use the computer? And he turned around and started talking to me about his meditation thing. He's like, bro, first, I got to tell you about this thing that happened to me. He's like, I was meditating in my house, right? And I'm like, yeah, bro, I got a class in like 10 minutes. Like, can you wrap this shit up? And he was like, and I was just like, you know, all of a sudden I, I disappeared and I could just like, I, I, I could feel myself absorbing the sunshine and like the last, I wouldn't even call it a thought. I would, I would call it like a nascent feeling, like some sort of ancient proverbial, like, you know, bubbling, primordial bubbling from deep inside of me that, that told me this is what it's like to be a plant. And then I, and then I reemerged and I was here again. And, uh, I was like, wow, meditation fucking sucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like you were just exposed to a really pretentious person, or maybe not, maybe not even pretend. But honestly, dude, maybe he was having those feelings, and if you could have those feelings, doesn't that sound fucking incredible? I didn't like, ask I, about him though. Like that's like <laughs> describing that's like telling somebody about like a really good time you 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 came. Yeah, right? like, I don't know. I mean, I can imagine the first time you come, you're probably telling everyone about it. You're like, guys, did you know this happens? Like maybe you know, it's he was, so funny he was is like uh, 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 the present tense of like of orgasming. Like saying "come" is so much funnier than saying "came." And I was trying to work "come" into it, and you stole it from me. And I was like, "Damn it!" He got the funnier. He got the hard use, like the not the hard you, but the soft you sound. Yeah. Well, after you come, it's a soft you. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, no, but it's and I was going to ask you about that too because, like, again, like I don't feel like it's super prevalent in media and whenever media does. And, you know, like, I, I feel like meditation, Zen, all of this stuff is always like really low hanging fruit in, in media, like in TV shows and stuff, like the guy that comes, like the chill guy is always like a, a fucking moron, right? Like he comes in and he's like, whoa, brother, you just got to chill. And, and, you know, like every show on Fox is like mildly, uh, you know, pro capitalist. Uh, and they're like, get a load of this fucking guy. Now when I got bills to pay, I better go pick up double shifts. And then, you know, like, uh, he, there's a monkey in the van and it, it's, it's like, the lesson is it's, it's super fun to have two jobs. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know, like that's kind of where my, I guess like my impression of meditation is, is formed. And like, I'm just realizing this as I'm talking about it. I was like, yeah, like most of, uh, my encounters, I guess, with meditation have been through media and it usually is. It's, it's this low hanging comedy, uh, trope. In, mm. in most TV shows. Well, it sounds like you've just, you've identified your own bias and that it comes from a pro-capitalist entertainment source that is telling you that meditation is bad, which I'm wondering now, like just even realizing that and saying that, do you have a different opinion after, after making that? Well, uh, I mean, like, you know, it's funny because I'm about to go into this with an, with an, with an open as mind as possible. So, I mean, I do foresee, but like I said, like I'm more just like airing out. Okay. Like how do I feel about this? And it's funny because at first it's always a little, you know, slow, but like the, the, the more we get into it, like the more it starts to steam or like snowball. And I'm like, Oh my God, like I do have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, yeah. but, but I, I guess before we go, um, I do want to get to the bottom of this. You said that like 
And I'm the same way. When we see these, I guess, I don't know, like meditation influencers, like the the, the chakra people. Um, and again, it's like, and I, 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 I want to be careful where I step because if uh, our experience in reality TV camp and makeup camp and astrology camp has taught us anything, it's like, you know, like there, there are people behind these practices and, and they believe resolutely in something like, why do you find yourself like not clicking on these things or like going to these pages or, or listening to what these people have to say about it? Like, why is your knee jerk reaction just like mine to go, eh, uh, I don't care. I don't want, I'm not going to learn anything from these people. I can just ignore them. I think it's oftentimes because it's, it's watered down or I'm not in the right headspace for it, but I don't, I don't mm. think that I have the same hesitance from like a, I don't know. I don't think that they're like snake peddlers. I actually, but like, I think that mindfulness and meditation actually can offer people a lot. Like I, I actually like, I, I really believe in it. I do it, I guess, you know, like I'm, in fact, not only do I do it, I often think like I should be meditating more. So like, this is one of the camps I'm stoked for, you know, like this yeah. is the one where it's like, I hope I'm not proven wrong because like, I really want this to be dope. Cause like, I actually, <laughs> you know, I actually really like it. Why I don't click on those ads. I think, like I said, I'm just not in the right headspace in those moments or it just, yeah, it feels watered down or too fluffy or spiritual or sometimes even missing the point. Cause I think like, especially on social media, like you telling someone on social media to like be mindful. I, I don't know. There's a, probably a great analogy that someone could make here, but it seems like the wrong venue for that. You know? like, <laughs> That's like you're you know? in the wrong place. I mean, who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe that is the right place. Um, and I, I, I want to go on the record and say like, I, I don't think that there's like nothing to glean from meditation or that it has not, like, nothing to offer you or that it's a part of the snake oil tradition. Like that's not what I'm saying. But I, a part of me also thinks that it's not one size fits all. Like maybe meditation isn't for everybody, you know, just like fucking Adderall isn't for everybody. Like I know everybody thinks it is based on the way they fucking consume it, but that's not the case. That's interesting. I'm going to go on record and say, I think every single person can benefit <laughs> from meditation. I don't oh, I thought think you were going to say can benefit from Adderall. I was like, whoa, <laughs> shit. Uh, no, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I can already see a ton of parallels between this and microdosing LSD camp, but I, I do think that every single person can benefit from meditation. Interesting. Well, I guess uh, with that being said, you know, I, I'm excited to dive in. We got two whole weeks of learning what it is and how to do it. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and pass it off to those big, beautiful bastards that we love, uh, future Ian and future Shay. This has been Ignorance in a Bottle. Ignorance in a bottle. Ignorance in a bottle. In a bottle. Thanks, shitheads. All right, and without further ado, here is sponsor. Here at Adderall, we couldn't help but notice America's been ditching their classic FDA-approved Adderall for alternative medicine's latest gimmick, mindfulness. Sure, mindfulness can help with relaxation and focus, but can you snort it off the high school urinals before ditching class to throw rocks at trains? Can you sell mindfulness in exchange for head in the Target parking lot? And can you break into houses in Kyle's gated community and steal meditation from all the medicine cabinets? I mean, come on, how else are you going to spend senior year? In class? <laughs> There's no more class for you, Tyler. You're going to jail, just like your dad. Don't throw the baby out with the bath salts and ask your doctor if railing Adderall is right for you today. All right, everybody, uh, look into the depths of your hearts, uh, look into the depths of your wallet, especially the latter, and be sure to uh, support Sponsor because Sponsor supports us. And without Sponsor, there would be no us. It is a perfectly symbiotic 
relationship. And it's important for everyone at home to remember that, uh, uh, that it stems from, from love and respect and uh, a willingness to prostitute our beliefs for money. So Shay, um, with thoughts on everything past you and past me had to say about meditation and mindfulness and just a lot of the completely asinine things that came out of our mouths. Well, it's fun because you get to see all the civility from our past ignorant selves fly out the window as you and I have a, an even wider divide now in our feelings about mindfulness and meditation. Um, so I think we stuck pretty close to, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we stuck pretty close to the two hours a day. Um, I think, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I actually ever hit, I don't think I hit two hours any of these days because it's fucking hard, man. Like, it is. Yeah, like, and you know, you mentioned this uh, early on in the week that just like, Typically for these immersions, we can do them while kind of passively doing other things. But like, I can't check, like if someone texts me, I can't check that, you know? So it's like everything else is completely on pause, which is obviously the point of meditating, but it's really time consuming. And it's, and was, you know, it's, it's funny to be like, oh, meditating takes so long, but yeah, it fucking does. It does. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it's been a really interesting camp in that way. And um, I don't know. I mean, overall, my feelings on meditation has just been like, you like I I stop what I'm doing, meditate, and then I feel like I'm like waking up from this meditation and it's later. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you actually just described how linear time works. So thanks for that refresher. It's much it's, appreciated. Yeah, but it's and then it's but it's so weird because like I step into this other world and then I'm there for a little while and I step back out and it's almost as if that never happened. You know, it's almost like dreamlike in a sense, at least for me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Have you been experiencing that as well or no? So I've tried to separate my meditation into two times a day. So it's like uh, I was starting in the morning. I would wake up early. I would have my breakfast, my coffee, and then I would be like, all right, I've set aside roughly an hour to get in the zone, so to speak. And the mornings was, was always easiest. Uh, toward the end of the meditation, there was always a little bit of pressure. It's like, all right, now I need to start working. There's there's stuff that needs to get done. So, it and it's funny because I was using the Netflix headspace thing with uh, the guy, sounds exactly fucking like Moss from the IT crowd. So uh, for anybody who hasn't listened to Netflix headspace or has not seen uh Netflix is the IT crowd. I recommend watching both back to back. You will walk away from that experience feeling hoodwinked in some way, shape or form. Neither of those um, are originally Netflix things. It's so funny. Like Netflix is headspace. Netflix, Netflix is, is now, you know what? Fuck it. I, I'll give Netflix credit where they're, where they're due. All right. Like oh, good for sure, Netflix. Sure. Sure. But anyway, yeah. Like the, the, um, the monk guy, Andy, which is a, not a great name for a monk. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's always like, now, take a moment, just appreciate having paused, nothing to do, nowhere to go. And I'm like, this is, both of those statements are wrong. I have things to do and I have places to go. Don't fucking lie to me, okay? The, you know what's funny is I love how high-pitched your voice gets to do that accent, but your your voice is plenty high-pitched enough. And I think <laughs> well, that's be, how he talks. I'm like, I'm, I'm just it, giving a, a, a perfect uh, impression of how this man speaks. I think it's- Hi, a, I'm Andy. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll give you. I'll give you the the uh, the accent's great. I feel like if you dropped it like four or five, I don't think tones, I need to. I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's you right need where to hear your to own be. voice some more. Uh, that's that's too funny. Uh, but no, I think uh, I think I just stole your thunder and I had nothing to follow it up with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but 
<laughs> I could have lost, lost my train of thought. Um, I derailed. So you. another thing we tried to do beyond imitating Andy was, uh, you know, you you I feel like got into the science of meditation and its counterclaims. Like you were daddy confirmation bias this camp, and I, you know I take that back. We were both daddy confirmation bias. Okay, mm. like uh, you were daddy confirmation bias for the science aspect of it, and then I think I was daddy confirmation bias for like just kind of justifying this idea that there's something missing. And I think I think both of us kind of found what we wanted. And I, I guess the goal now, uh, different compared to other immersions, it's like, I, I think we're going to try to convince each other. Yeah, or at least reconcile the differences here because we're, we're, we are coming in here more entrenched th than we were before. But it's just hard though. You know, it's like it's all the camps. It's like, how do you change these beliefs when you're inherently right? And uh, I've never had to convince you. <laughs> you know, Do you think I wasn't going to catch that? Like, yeah, it's like when you're already so right, like what you can't get more right. Or can you? Let's find out. Well, you know, it's interesting. And like we, we've we talked about this a little bit already, but I feel like you have this dichotomy in your beliefs already where you're like, I already have places to go. I already have these things to do. And that's and then you you blame capitalism for telling you to just slow down a little bit. You're like, the part of me telling me to slow down, that's capitalism. Don't you know I have things to do? I have to be productive. <laughs> this, you are deliberately misconstruing what I'm saying. I, I I'm feel just like saying that's like, your argument. No, that is not my argument at all. It's like instead of, you know, okay, we will, there's a time and a place for this, all right? Like, I know everyone is dying to hear what I say, but like we kind of go over this in our captain's logs so oh no don't you fucking don't think i'm biting my my biting my time okay i know exactly what i want to say to you you little shit <laughs> so, i didn't think you were biting your time until you said that now i think you're going to be taking some notes while right, we go back you know over the captain's no, logs there's captain's log like everyone's dying to hear them we get over this we get into this into the captain's logs let's go ahead and play our captain's logs we will get to this point because i know we both have a lot to talk about and uh there, I mean, there's a lot of show, so let's let's dive in, and then we can tease these apart once we get started. After two days of meditation, I have realized that I am so fucking good at meditation that you should quit. Like I am, I'm incredible. I am so good at meditation that I would be embarrassed if I were you, just to even be associated with me per how good I am at this at like two days of doing it. So try not to be alarmed. Definitely don't be offended, but give up. So, all right, let me talk a little bit about what, what I did today. I did two exercises today, all right? And the first exercise was weird because I didn't really, like the, the I feel like the guy talking to me about it, you know, Moss, as I lovingly refer to him, basically said he was gonna teach us an attachment exercise and he was gonna be like, I'm gonna teach you. He's like, I'm gonna teach you how to let go. Then he didn't teach us about letting go. He was like, imagine a happy place. And then once I imagined my happy place, he was like, actually just kidding. Forget about the happy place. Just pretend that there's a, a little bit of sunshine moving through your whole body for an hour. Um, so anyway, I, I, I did all of these things um, and I was incredible. I was great at it. So this felt really easy because I think it was also poorly explained. So if I even if I did it wrong, it was fine. Um, then, plot twist, I did another exercise that was actually very difficult for me. I struggled with this a lot, and that was the appreciation exercise. So in the appreciation exercise, we were basically supposed to focus on something we appreciated. And in this, I won't lie, I really struggled 
to recognize what I appreciate. And I think what I realized, and I think a lot of people would uh, relate to this, I don't think it's particularly interesting, is that I have a tendency to underappreciate things and I, I overemphasize the bad. And I was thinking why that is. And not to completely you know, relinquish myself of all um, self-responsibility, uh, but it's basically, I think a lot of that stems and is the consequence of a culture that frames everything as a problem that needs solving and every solution as something that can be sold. So I, I think we literally live in a society in which it's more beneficial even to frame the world through problems that need fixing because it gives us kind of a sense of purpose. And I think what I'm, you know, on day two of meditation, what I'm like my nascent understanding is that it's unraveling that uh, sense of purpose that we've kind of inherited and uh, uh, trying to exist sans purpose while understanding that this idea of purpose is essentially farcical and a construct that we invented to give ourselves something to do. I bet you feel pretty fucking stupid trying to <laughs> trying to meditate in my shadow. You you shrub. You know what's so you funny human about human shrub? Is I love that you you uh you do one exercise. You're like, oh, I get it, and then you do the next one. You struggle, and you're like, it's society's fault. <laughs> I'm not bad at this. It's society. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, it's interesting here because at first, when I first heard this captain's log, I thought it was a criticism of meditation. But now hearing it again, I, I'm hearing it more as an appreciation for it. Like you're saying, like, yeah, it is yeah. it is really hard to um, to appreciate things in society. So the exercise then is a useful one because it's one that you were actually struggling with. Is, is that like a fair interpretation of what you're saying? No, ab absolutely. And um, this is something I had kind of before, you know what, scratch that. This isn't something I anticipated. I, I think before learning about meditation, um, one of the reasons I'd stayed away from it was I did think it was this idea of just shutting your brain down. Like I thought it was entering a, a state of torpor, of like brain death. And that was the goal was to just like become non-thinking. And I was just kind of like, well, I mean, that seems very, it, it almost seemed like anti-social, anti-life. Um, I could, I didn't see the appeal of it at all, but, um, once I took five minutes to learn anything about it, um, which I highly recommend people do for anything they claim to hate <laughs> is, um, it's, it's not that at all. It was a, a lot of it was just, uh, this idea of, like focused concentration where you pick one idea and you're like, stick with this idea for like an hour, you know? as little as 20 minutes, as long as two hours. And um, I thought there was something like very beautiful about that. If I'm being uh, completely sincere and uh, cringe for a moment. Well, no, it's welcome for me because you've been spitting so much vile at <laughs> meditation. It's nice. Well, to I mean, no, it's, it's like, I, I will say this, like I, I loved that there were all of these different exercises and um, some of them were, were they varied in terms of challengingness to me. And uh, I think the appreciation one was really hard. The, the meditation practice that you, I guess you went through the headspace Netflix thing. 
What's interesting about that one is that's uh, it's like a poo-poo platter of different techniques. Like yeah. it's it's like really it it does one for like a minute and then does another one next. You know, it's like every episode like teaches you something totally different. But what's interesting about the uh, the other like if you if you and so I guess like maybe this is like confessing on ourselves, but I think we both only used in terms of guided meditation only used Headspace. Um, yes. So and like what's interesting is if you when you use the app, the app will actually really just focuses on like beginning concepts, especially when you start with the basics. So it's basically um, mindfulness and focused attention. So it's almost yeah. all exclusively focusing on your breath. And then uh, they'll do body scanning. So like the first 30 days they have you do it, it's just focusing on your breath and developing a sense of concentration and focus. And, you know, like it's just that skill. Mostly. I think honestly, I think if I had started with that, I would have a much more negative uh, point of view on meditation. If I'm being completely honest, I would have, I would not would have had the patience for that. But um, loving kindness was fantastic. That focusing on on someone being happy and um, just to kind of get again, like uh, maybe a little too uh, forthcoming. I did that experience imagining my father happy. And that was a really, you know, what's so strange is like, I came out of that experience very bittersweet. And the, you know, Andy was like, and we're going to leave this exercise and just going to think about how nice it was to think about that other person happy. But it wasn't like a, a nice experience. It was, it was kind of like a, huh? Like, I don't really know what makes this person happy. I, I don't know. Like the things that do make this person happy is like, I don't like that this makes you happy. That's interesting. Well, I, obviously you picked like a really complex relationship. Like I'm sure you just could have picked your neighbor and that, you probably would have left you feeling much simple, like a much simpler kind of happiness. You'd be like, oh, that person I barely know. Like, I, and you can imagine and fantasize, uh, you know, create like a narrative. But you obviously picked for you what is, uh, and I hope this isn't too, you know, revealing, but, you know, like uh, a very... What's the what's the right word? <laughs> Confrontational. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, challenging, historically challenging relationship for you. Yeah. You know, so it's like I obviously that's going to elicit different feelings, but I think that's good. I mean, like you know, in that way, it's kind of like this co comparison between, uh, you know, it's, it, it at least draws a comparison to therapy. And uh, you know, I actually did a little bit of research into this, like people arguing which would be more helpful for, for some type of uh, mental challenges, um, like emotional challenges, therapy or meditation. And it was really interesting seeing a lot of pro-meditation people say that, no, meditation is definitely better than therapy. And like, I don't, I mean, I, I like meditation, but I think they each have their place. And I think that's one of the hype things, right? So um, I feel like now would be a good, a, a good a time as any to kind of put a fork in this and dive into your captain's log because like, I do know we had quasi different experiences with like meditation before we got into like the ideological aspect of it. So let's hear this, um, I guess, because, you know, technically you're part of the show too. And then we will move on to me again, which I know uh, everyone is just like dying to hear like, Ian, what else do you have to say? Like, you're fucking a genius. Cool, bro. Real cool. All right. <laughs> here, here's my captain's log. Hey, Ian, Shay here, day one, total fucking enlightenment camp. So today has been quite a bit. So I did 80 minutes of meditation today throughout the day. And I kept going back and forth between loving it, hating it, feeling like I'm great at it, feeling like I'm terrible at it. And uh, I gotta say, I don't like being bad at this. Like I don't do a lot of things that I suck at, uh, you know, but I feel like this is, this is something that I've tried to do many times in my life and I'm just not good at it. 
Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's weird. And I think maybe one of the reasons I'm so bad at this is I think like having a racing mind, a mind that's like constantly thinking about things might be some kind of a defense mechanism for me as a way to like avoid thinking of trauma, like past trauma. So like maybe instead I just like have my mind race to a million other things. Like I'm constantly moving and going and like acting and doing and being as a way to like avoid thinking about like some painful history of mine. And I, I wonder, like I know you and I are kind of similar in this way, like we both have like really active brains or minds, you know, and not in the good way. Um, so I wonder if, if you feel like there's maybe like a similar cause or similar thing happening on your end. What do you think? So to answer your question about the racing mind, um, uh, toward the end of the day, I think I struggled most. And maybe it's because like that's when everything had happened. It's like you're at the end of your day and your brain, I feel like is, and it's almost like an unconscious mechanism. You can feel it try to process everything and turn it into meaning. And it was really weird to kind of be like, no brain. We're not doing that today. And my brain was like, well, we always do this, Ian. It's our favorite activity. Well, it's also interesting because it feels like your brain is tired by the end of the day, you know? Interesting. And it's like harder to to, to draw the attention and to like work that, that psychological muscle, you know, that neurological muscle to just be like, all right, I'm going to focus very intently on this thing because that's what you're doing. Like you're, it requires a lot of concentration. You know, it's not like something you do. I mean, not something I do, at least without like a lot of mental effort. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting to me because I almost feel like there is some irony to this, this idea that, you know, meditation is supposed to bring you to this place of calm. And it was, uh, based on the Cadman's Log, it sounds like it was making you feel more frustrated. Well, it certainly was. Uh, you know, but I think it's like a lot of things that can eventually feel meditative, like running. You know, like I, I've long been a fan of running. Um, and, you know, the, like when you first get back into it, or you first start doing it, it's like fucking exhausting. It doesn't feel good, you know, but then once you get good, you know, and like, or once you start a jog, like the first like little bit of it is like, all right, this, you know, fucking sucks. Like this is exhaust. This is a lot of work. But then once you get into like a rhythmic flow and like you feel it, like you're so engrossed in it, like you don't think of anything else. And like this really good feeling comes from within you. And I think that's like a really apt parallel for what you end up experiencing. What I imagine you end up experiencing in like a deep meditative state, which I've never got to. But something I didn't get to address in that captain's log. And what I, what I wish I had said or I mean, two things really is like one of them is like the racing mind. I almost think of it how, how like some people will work a lot in their life. Like they just dedicate their entire lives to working, to doing something in their career or, you know, maybe they have a garden or some hobby. They put all of their energy in that. And it's, it's a form of escapism in, in some cases where people just do whatever it is that they do to avoid thinking about something that's been bothering them. And I almost wonder if like the racing mind that I was describing is like that, you know, as, as a way to just not settle on thinking of like a traumatic experience. But actually, the more I thought about that, the less I agree with that, because I think of anything like the moment my mind gets on like past trauma of mine, it doesn't stop. Like that's where it wants to hang out. It's like, oh, I can run in circles in here, you know, and then so when we start thinking then it's like okay well if it's not trauma that makes your mind race what is it and then like the very obvious answer hit me like a fucking brick and I was just like oh yeah it's it's the fucking attention economy algorithm it's like the attention economy algorithms that are like dedicated 
exclusively to stealing your attention at every moment. You know, there's Facebook, like the notifications on your phone, Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, like anything, you know, like anything that's like, hey, did you know about this? Like, don't forget about this. Don't forget about this. Like you're constantly being bombarded with distractions from your uh, attention. So to counter the point that I know you'll eventually be making again is like, it's, it's a counter to the capitalist idea, you know, because like you're saying like, no, you can't have all my fucking attention. Like this belongs to me. Like I'm going to fight tooth and nail against you stealing all my fucking attention. I'm going to develop this part of my brain that uh, to basically say, fuck off. I mean, and again, like I would almost disagree with you because, okay, so when you were using the Headspace app, of course, I would almost disagree with you. I'm not even almost, I am disagreeing with you. When you use the Headspace app, like, weren't you like, oh, you get two weeks free. So what? Like a Headspace is just another thing that fucking pops a notification up on your phone. It's like, it's my it's buddy Andy. Don't forget to don't forget to take time out to meditate today. Here's your meditation reminder. So it just becomes like another fucking you know ping in your schedule. Sure, it does. But I mean, I guess the the one ping that's telling you to turn off the other pings is like useful. Like, I mean, what are you what are you supposed to say? Like, oh no, don't remember to meditate. Just like figure it out on your own. Like, I mean, like, what? The, how is that any different than setting an alarm? And I mean, I'm well, sure you can turn yeah, off. Pokemon Go does that, right? Like, it's like, hey, like, just forget about the outside world, all right? Come into our virtual reality and just fucking fling these balls at these like uh, feral monsters that you can train to battle for you. <laughs> anyway, though, um, I agree with you on some of like the the fundamental aspects of mindfulness and meditation, like this idea of of kind of turning off. But uh, I. Th- think we are getting you know because I, I again i'm like all right like where does this come from like where is this practice from from whence does it hail and am i using from whence right by the way i don't care <laughs> isn't whence like when and where uh i i really don't know should we google it shall shall I we i think we should yeah let's let's uh i'm just fucking spouting this off from, like i'm very confident like what, from whence? i think you're right from what place or source I mean, okay, it's yeah. pretentious um, as fuck, a little but... pretend, a lot of pretentious, but uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go back to saying where. Uh, so I mean, no, like I, I really enjoyed the the meditative aspects of it. Like I liked that taking pause and and taking a breath and kind of like relaxing and and focusing my attention. Um, but the you know that calm, that sense of calm, it, it didn't last too long because almost immediately after I had to kind of throw myself back into the rat race, so to speak. Um, especially for anybody who has like a side project like we do, you know, like there's, there's the things that we kind of have to do to maintain a regular, you know, day to day existence. And then like you throw something like this on top of it and it's like almost all of your time is accounted for. Um, so it almost felt again, like I couldn't shake the sense that there was, we were getting this like very watered down corporate whitewashed version of this, uh, philosophy. And I did a little digging and this is what I had to say about it. What's up, Shay? It's me, it's Ian, it's day four, and today is a little different. So today, aside from just meditating, I really started to think about why it was that I came into this camp with such a negative perspective and so much bias against what I've learned is is called McMindfulness. And and honestly, I, I think it's just that. Like, that's exactly where my bias is coming from, that we're being sold an extremely marketable corporate whitewashed version of meditation and mindfulness and inner peace whose ultimate purpose is to make us more productive uh, as is also the goal of modern psychology which is to help us become more self-sufficient productive members of society Um, which isn't a bad idea per se but I I think that there's something to be said about like the corporate world's eagerness 
to uh, incorporate shit like Mindfulness Tuesdays and Yoga Wednesdays in the workplace. And, and I think that gives you a pretty good indication that like there's something foul uh, afoot. So like I'm not saying here, by the way, that like I have a problem with science and psychology, but I think like my ultimate problem with this is that like these psychological scientific approaches to meditation, I think rob it of its fundamentally spiritual philosophical elements and like strips it for strips it bare for parts for practical utility and neutralizes or neuters it so like in doing so it removes what i now think are, are some pretty radical elements of meditation and the the you know religions and spiritualities it's attached to so like one example i'm thinking of specifically is this idea of anxiety and the self-concept so like according to you know carl rogers part of what caused anxiety was this gap between or perceived gap between the self-concept and the idealized self so like the idealized self uh, understood I, I think through meditation is ultimately a false goal constructed on the idea of value so then through rogers idea anxiety arises not necessarily from this gap between the self-concept and the idealized self but in this idea that like in a capitalist society our identity is fundamentally tied to our value or our perceived value or to our production or our economic output so it's like this idealized self is is a valuable self in, in all likelihood but in meditation the self-concept exists solely as something to be deconstructed and recognized as a fiction. You're not supposed to imagine value. You're supposed to imagine the truth. And the truth doesn't necessarily serve a function or a purpose. Truth's function is to be truth. And I think recognizing the self as inherently valueless and that realization being a good thing actually is I think like a, an incredibly radical idea. And the version of meditation we're being sold doesn't have that. It, it feels honestly like little more at this point than a tool in the corporate repertoire whose main purpose is to sedate us and lower our heart rates so they can get more mileage out of us and, and have us write a million more fucking emails for the company. This is the captain's log that I think we were all waiting for, like the entire episode just to talk about. Like, because uh, obviously I think this is the point where you and I have the most disagreeing uh, opinions. <laughs> and uh, and so there's so much that in what you said, like I want to address all of it, but I don't think we'll we'll have time to. But, you know, it, it's interesting that you feel like there is this such a corporate push for this, because what I really think of this as is like it's it's people understanding it's a society understanding that we need to take more care of our emotional and psychological states. And they're like, this is a method that we think now has psychological benefits. We should, as a society, make this more important and like make it a, a larger stake of like what we care about, like general wellness, you know? And so I see it not as like corporate corporations trying to keep you alive longer so they can squeeze more out of you. I think it's like managers, like people who I've you know worked for before is like, actually, I think this is really good. Like we really need to be taking more care of ourselves. And like, you know, as I mentioned before in like the department of psychiatry, like we had mandatory, it was actually, sorry, it wasn't mandatory, it was, it was voluntary, um, uh, 30 mm -hmm. minute uh, options or like moments where we would go in and relax uh, with guided meditation and it was fucking awesome because we still got paid like it was it basically was more money less work and our work doesn't follow us home so like the, the day would just end 
And, you know, like that there wasn't like a corporate incentive there. That was just like to benefit us, you know. And I mean, like, I, and I see what you're saying, but uh, I, I don't think that that's the case in, in every office. Like I said, so you and I, I mean, even right there, like you and I had two extremely like different experiences, you know, like they were very mm -hmm. divergent. So uh, like your work wasn't following me home, but I'm talking about like in my uh, last company, it was essentially, it felt like a bandaid on a bursted pipe. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it was one of those things to be like, we're not actually going to do anything to like really help you. We're not going to address the problem. We're just going to introduce a coping mechanism and then continue to try to extract as much value from you as possible. And uh, studies show that this might be a great way to do that. So it's like, you know, it, it's a, the equivalent of like the, hey, we made a huge profit this year. Here's a pizza party. Fuck off. Yeah. I, well, it sounds like your old company sucked for a lot of reasons. Like I think, like, But I feel like, I mean, like we hear all these stories about like all of these different you know tech companies i think that uh, again like yeah like oh yeah we have a, a ping pong table or whatever and then you know people are working like 90 hours a week and living in fucking pods in the parking lot so <laughs> it, it, again it's just like and i think that's what i meant when i was really complaining about like this this kind of really watered down version that we were being sold compared to what i feel like is a, a pretty radical version when it's not watered down i guess when it comes from like it's a religious spiritual roots but i guess or like what have how you. is it watered down like i know you talk about like that it's it's like a good thing like you're you're deconstructing the self like i i just don't understand like how the practice itself is watered down if it's devoid of the spirituality like i know you say like you're taking something that's inherently or like was like inherently like somewhat religious but certainly not like religious from the western perspective like certainly not talking about like origins of co the cosmos or anything like that but just had like a spiritual aspect to it and you're taking one thing from it and being like okay well this actually works like i i imagine you know, there is probably a society somewhere that worships something like running. And they're like, this is a deeply spiritual practice for us. Does that mean like we shouldn't be jogging around the streets here because like there was once a society that used this for a spiritual purpose? Like, yes, it can be spiritual as well. But if it also just has health benefits, like is what's the problem with that? But we're not talking about like a hypothetical running society. We're talking about like a, a historically, you know, founded uh, idea that's kind of incorporated into like all these religious elements. And I think to me that there is something that is fundamentally at odds uh, with this like idea of, uh, I, I don't know, like enlightenment and, and meditation and mindfulness that just seems like it, like it doesn't necessarily totally fit within like this corporate capitalist like mindset. And when I say like, I think these are like pretty radical ideas. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, we had spoken about this kind of earlier, but there's this idea in like Buddhism that, um, find like reality is a prerequisite to happiness. And I mean, like through these meditative practices, you're supposed to like, you know, deconstruct these ideas of the self-concept, deconstruct these ideas of reality. And I think that, uh, Buddhism would probably say, and God, fuck, this is me like really reaching after f like five days of learning about this stuff, that the the life, the, the role, the sense of self that we've constructed, uh, I, I don't know, like given the way that society is currently structured, would be fundamentally false. And I think that to arrive at that conclusion, like I couldn't reach like a sense of sincere, I don't know, like nirvana or enlightenment, wake up and then comfortably go back to a cubicle and continue to write emails about like uh, new specials on our products. Like there's just something about that to me that feels fundamentally absurd. It didn't even like, uh, again, this, I, I don't know that much about Buddhism or whatever, but did, I, I feel like Buddha himself said something along the lines of like, life is just suffering no matter what. And like the entire point is to just come to peace with that in your own terms. And if that's like what meditating is, 
then like, how is that not, I feel like that's, there's no, there's no issue there. Like that, that actually makes sense to me. It's like, okay, yeah, we live in an imperfect society. Like a perfect society will never exist. And yeah, of course, like we should still cr criticize this. And like, if anything, if it wakes us up to this criticism, and actually I think that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as skeptical of like any, like just because managers at, at businesses support it doesn't mean it's bad. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that they do. Like the same thing, like, um, again, when I worked for the university, like they had like an after hours thing, again, voluntary, and you were supposed to like count your steps and like the department with the most steps, like won a prize or something like that. And like, obviously they're just trying to encourage and incentivize wellness programs. And I think like a lot of the times that's what this is. Like, like we see that there is like a clinical, potentially spiritually devoid practice that can increase general wellness. And I don't think adv advocating for that is necessarily evil. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying it's evil. I'm just, again, saying that, like, I think that so much is missing from, like, the watered-down version that we get packaged and sold. I know, like, even a couple days, like, reading into it, I was like, this is actually very, very profound, very powerful, very, very philosophical. And I think to kind of like strip it of those elements uh, and keep it strictly for utility for employees, I think it's, I think it's gross. I think if you kind of like look at that side by side, it's like, oh man, this like really sucks. Like, but why is it just for employees? Like that's what, that's what I guess I don't understand. Like it's not just for employees, like the, anyone benefits from this. Like it's not, well, I'm, I'm talking specifically about like, again, like the, the, and, and I feel like this is more in line with like the Mick mindfulness ideas. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is it just that there's a corporate interest at all that makes you feel like it's mick mindfulness or is it is it is it the way it's being sold to just consumers of mindfulness like i would assume like you or i would be if we weren't involved in this camp um i think both i think absolutely both like um the i mean the the, the and the mindfulness thing i think is like a 101 thing right like that netflix special but i i would consider that part of like the um mick mindfulness agenda and i like another problem i had with this too is like uh you know julian and i were talking about this is this it's branding itself as like a healthcare thing as well and I, it's just like you know oh great like more healthcare for sale it's like yeah for the low low price of 29.99 we can teach you to calm the fuck down um so you don't have a stroke uh, uh, because we have 50 hour work week. So it feels just like it's selling a coping mechanism when there are these like really, I think, radical elements rejecting like these social constructs or these socially constructed senses of of self that are, you know, driven by this idea of like production and value. Um, and it's it's weird to see that absent um, from this practice, at least. And I will admit this, like as I've encountered it, and, like that's not to say like I don't enjoy the mindfulness, but even after doing like a couple more days of research, I'm like, this shit's pretty radical. Um, and it's just it's just weird to kind of not see that represented, uh, I guess, in the way that it's kind of packaged to the to the general populace. Because, again, like if you kind of present that as like, you know, reject all, um, I don't know, objectives. Or, per, you know, senses of purpose, because that's uh, fundamentally at odds with this uh, ideology and the spiritual, you know, uh, sense of self, then like you're not going to have a customer base. Yeah, I guess it's I, I guess like the issue I still take with that is like, yes, it's it gets marketed as health as wellness and like a healthcare thing. But it might be like scientifically, it might actually in, like be good for you. And yes, like people might try and uh, sell you classes on how to do it more effectively, but they also sell you classes on yoga, which we also know is good for you. And ultimately, like once you learn the skill, you don't need to pay any longer. It's like being paid to learn how to fish, you know, uh, you know, to you to you to rely on that metaphor. I do think that the the idea that you're stripping it of some kind of deeper thing. I almost wonder if like 
you're relying too much on one specific type or like de de description of meditation. Because my understanding of it is, first of all, there are tons and tons of traditions that come from this. It's not just Buddhist. And that many of them rely on the sim simple idea of focused attention and mindfulness. So I don't think that it has to necessarily have this one specific meaning of like somehow deconstructing reality to lead to happiness. I think it could, it could also just be uh, a, a much simpler idea that taking control of your own mind is ultimately the goal of these types of mindfulness practice, that being able to bring your concentration and control your own focus and be more present generally, like that is the goal. And through like extreme practice of that, or, or you know, at least continued and sustained practice of that, you can reach some types of benefits, both for your for your physical health, your mental health, and if you believe in it, your spiritual health. And again, like I, I think my my knee jerk uh, response to that is, you know, when you say like taking control of your mind, I think like a mindfulness practice would be like, well, who am I taking uh, control of my mind from? And it's this idea of you know, like the, the the freedom to use your mind as you want, and not necessarily like as a, as a tool of value for for a company. So I, I also agree that like I, I think like we're both really at odds. On this, on this idea, um, and I think I think we could go back and forth for hours. So we'll spare our listeners. Maybe we'll try to come to a. Hopefully, our experts will be able to kind of like talk us. Just you know, it's funny. It's like I'm sure when we talk to our expert, the expert will be like, "Ian, come the fuck down." And I'll be like, "No, That's damn funny. it!" Um, but we've got we've got one more captain's log from you, which uh, on, on something I also thought was like really interesting and maybe a little less contentious <laughs> for us anyway. Maybe for the listeners, uh. not the case. Let's go ahead and play that clip. Shay here, day four of Total Fucking Enlightenment Camp, and I have just been sitting down thinking about the concept of what enlightenment even is. And I think I like we all have a fleeting idea of what this incredibly philosophical concept means to us. But when I try and nail it down, uh, I'm really struggling and I, I'm not totally sure exactly where even to look. And I know, Ian, you've been looking into like Buddhism and stuff like that, which I guess is where this concept even comes from. But I almost wonder like if there's a modern Western secular version that's more appropriate for my experience and lifestyle that like makes sense. And like my gut reaction is there is like I, I think that I can strip some of the spiritual spiritual aspects of, I don't know, the, the Eastern or you know, I, mean, I guess also Western philosophies that think that they're, that enlightenment and spirituality are intrinsically related. But I'm not sure I, I think that it has to be that way. Like I think that there is a type of enlightenment that exists that is basically just some construction or deconstruction of consciousness. I mean, in the same way that like drugs alter your state of consciousness, I think we can use meditation or other spiritual practices to change our state of consciousness to a point of enlightenment. And I, and I think that involves, you know, things like ego death and related concepts. But I don't know, I'm not sure it has to be like necessarily a mystical experience, or I don't think that it has to be the same type of mystical that we think of when we think of mystical, you know, with gurus and uh, I don't know, ancient texts, not entirely sure that's necessary. So I don't know, I think I think enlightenment can be a little bit more straightforward than I think we allow it to be or really want it to be on some deeper emotional level. I really, I really appreciate this question and this idea. And uh, personally, I can't think of two people 
less qualified to discuss it, which is why I I can't wait to dive in and uh, probably offend n- any number of people as we do uh, on the show. So I just got to, you know, like when I say enlightenment, like what do you think of? The problem is, I think, is that the, what the first thing that comes to mind is uh, potentially problematic, I feel like. Um, and, and you and I, Ooh. we talked about this um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I have the sun like right in my fucking eyes. <laughs> uh, you and I talked about this a little earlier. Um, I almost think it, and it's almost at odds with what you were talking about, about how like meditation is like a death practice because I'm like, I actually like kind of like that idea. <laughs> like the idea of like an end of consciousness or a consciousness in like in a totally different perspective. That's like, incredibly different from this like uh, like a nothingness like a like a taste of that beautiful oblivion <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's, it's funny because like th- this uh, takes me back to when we first met and like we uh were reading the myth of sisyphus in our existentialism class and you were like we have to talk about this sentence, which was, you know, like the the only philosophical question worth worth asking is is whether or not man should commit suicide or wh- whether he should uh, take his own life. And um, it's it's interesting that I think in kind of uh, at odds with the I guess this idea of nirvana as we've kind of been led to understand it that like nirvana seems to be the like eternal peace is not existing mm-hmm. it's fucking disappearing it's it's going away it's it's entering oblivion as you said that sweet sweet oblivion <laughs> um whereas in the, the christian tradition it's like oh no enlightenment is heaven and heaven is just you're alive for fucking ever yeah enlightenment if you're good is going to heaven and i guess like if you're bad you just never reach it and you're still alive forever but in, in, <laughs> but in a much worse torture capacity. yeah but i don't know man like the idea of like just not existing as enlightenment is is also weird or like the 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 loss of existence of consciousness as as enlightenment is, is strange because i guess like the implication there is that i guess by default in death we would all be enlightened which is you know a strange thing but it's like huh. i don't i don't know but yeah it's like uh, we talked so much about this in uh, microdosing camp you know where it's like yeah. when you like dissolve like you do high amounts of entheogens or psychedelics whatever you want to call them you like dissolve into the the surroundings you know and like and that's like kind of what it feels like to see like the sense of self totally dissipate and dissolve into everything around you and i get that's literally what happens when you die you know if, if you do it right <laughs> <laughs> no but i i think you know i i think it's interesting too especially uh framed in that context of like the eternal ego which when you think of when you stop and think about it for 30 seconds like that seems way more like hell yeah than just disappearing like uh, me and my thoughts for fucking ever right yeah it's like i don't want to do anything for dude i like as much as like <laughs> i love sex and napping just as much as the next guy but i don't want to have sex and nap all day every day for the rest of eternity i'm picturing like uh needle face or the hellraiser guy in the corner like uh it, what is he like pain bordering on ecstasy and you're just eating a sandwich forever and you're like <laughs> <laughs> make the sandwich stop god yeah i wonder how fucking kinky sex life must be when you know you can't die like you can like just imagine the most bdsm shit in heaven at that point heaven probably starts to look a lot like hell like people I just think... like stretched across a, a board of needles and like it's the only way we can feel anything i think that's probably pretty accurate man <laughs> i mean like what else is it gonna be you must be so fucking bored eventually of just oh the same old god, shit jesus christ well well, uh, you didn't ask me what I thought enlightenment was. I so, didn't care. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> I, I couldn't give my two cents. 
Uh, fine, Ian. Since you clearly want to talk about it, what's enlightenment? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. It's it's so funny too because like when I think of enlightenment, I think of knowledge, right? And uh, I, mm. I feel like meditation and Buddhism in this capacity, maybe not, maybe I'll exclude Buddhism from it because I don't know it well enough, but I feel like through meditation, like epiphany was supposed to be like self-knowledge that you arrive at. Like uh, enlightenment was supposed to be like the, the euphoria of, of self-epiphany that you were supposed to understand something fundamental about yourself through like sitting alone with your thoughts. It's interesting to me that you think of it as knowledge as well, because I wonder the Western influence just in the period of time that we call the enlightenment, like if that has an impact in that understanding of it, or if, if that is that understanding, you know, like when we talk about becoming aware of like science and like the scientific method and stuff, you know, and like the learning how to do good paintings and shit and like <laughs> make, make a f effective toilets or whatever, you know, whatever we were trying to <laughs> dedicate our time to back then. Like it, it, yeah. it's interesting to compare those seemingly distinct words, but, and, but see how they, they're still like intrinsically entangled in some way. Still. Yeah, that's that's what uh, what the Rococo period is most renowned for is uh, you know romantic paintings and working toilets. <laughs> so a little fun fact for you there. Nice. No, but um, I, I think that's a great point. And you know what? It, it, this is one of the things that I was hating most about like the the Instagram or like the fucking uh, you know mindfulness influencer subculture, which is like sense of superiority that you also get from people that do like high doses of LSD and mushrooms, mm. and they're like. You just uh, to people who have never done mushrooms, like you just don't get it, man. Like you just gotta when it, when it happens to you, it's just like the fucking the whole universe will like unlock and tell you who killed JFK. Like you just don't fucking get it, man. Well, what's funny about that is like I actually agree. Like I feel that way about mushrooms and LSD and shit. Like <laughs> like if you haven't done LSD, you'll never understand the feeling. Like you won't. Like you just will never get yeah. it. And and I think that it's like it's actually a really good experience for people. And I guess. You know, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm realizing that is probably a lot of why I hold these opinions so dear because I think of meditation as a non-substance related way to achieve the basically the exact same results at, at, at high doses. And you know, what's interesting is we learned about this too when we read How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. You know, he like talks mm. about his experiences with meditation as well and how he, um, how under... Cat scans, I think they're called cats, and under what I think are called cat scans, <laughs> they uh, they uh, put someone who is on mushrooms, and they see that the the same type of brain activity is visible from people who are expert meditators, and that even Michael Poland, who is not necessarily an expert meditator, could recall the, vividly the experience of when he was on mushrooms, and it mm. it it activated the same parts of the brain that activate meditation, and they, and activated the the response the actual physical response you get when you are currently under yeah. the effects of those psychedelics. So I think that that's like my bias is I feel like. I feel so married to, to psychedelics and maybe that's why I'm so attached to wanting meditation mindfulness to be real and why I, I why I fight for it so emotionally. That's uh no that's that's fascinating. I think uh, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. But I mean to further my point about the annoying thing, that doesn't make the person who's done the mushrooms any less annoying. Oh, I like, agree. I agree. I would be inclined to agree with them too. But like yeah, but you're being a fucking dick about it. Yeah. You know what's you know what's so funny? And this is the last thing I'll I'll say before we move on to our big smart boy questions is you know hearing you say that I'm reminded of this idea of enlightenment also being kind of like an inner peace. And I'll be completely honest, I 
don't know if I'm that interested in inner peace hmm. because it feels like a fundamental shift in your personhood and like in who you are as a person and what makes you you. And it's like, if I get rid of, I think I'm, I think it, a lot of people would describe me as like a fundamentally angry person. I'm like an angry person that doesn't get angry. I'm like angry and I'm like fun angry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a thing. But uh, I, and I feel like the idea of like ridding myself of that, it's like, I don't want to be like inner peace Ian. Like that guy sounds like he fucking sucks. Well, it sounds like maybe we should work on our coping skills a little bit. <laughs> like if uh, <laughs> I'm angry, but you'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you straight. Like, how are you today? I'm so fucking angry. That's true. Yeah. That's a really interesting thing about you uh, that, uh, that I, I, you know, I've, I've noticed, I feel like I know that about you, but I never would have vocal or verbalized it in that Pleasantly way. Pleasantly enraged. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is true. Your, our Twitter feed sure demonstrates that. <laughs> so if you haven't seen our Twitter feed, go follow us right now. And then, you know, to, to comment on what, what I feel like you're describing is like, do I want want a sense of self or do I want inner peace? And like, I feel like the sense of self is like unnecessary too. Like, why do you really need to have like a personhood like in the way, like, or the concept of a person, like you're going to have like idiosyncrasies no matter what, who like make you who you are, but like holding on to that, like, is that important? Uh, and mm. like, I don't, I, and I don't know. I feel like you can probably find a middle ground between like completely allowing the ego to die and uh, keeping it alive through like a system of ropes and pulleys that like aren't necessarily there, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, it's and it's funny that you say that because like that was one of the the tenets of, of Buddhism that I learned. It was like the middle way, mm. like um, you know, uh, extreme asceticism will only lead to like pain and suffering. Extreme pleasure will only lead to like pain and suffering. Um, sounds counterintuitive, Buddha, but okay. <laughs> um, so like the the answer was was moderation, and it's it's funny because I think that I was thinking in terms of these like very extreme binaries. And uh, to anybody still tuning in from astrology camp, I'm sure they're going. <laughs> Typical Gemini. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting because I feel like maybe in this next week, I need to find more of a middle ground because I, I am enjoying my experience with meditation, but me being, you know, like a self uh, proclaimed uh, radical person, it's just like, why leave these fucking awesome badass parts out? Like, mm. Well, obviously a lot more to talk about. Um, Ian, we have been talking for far too long without giving our ad some time to talk. So uh, <laughs> sponsor, why don't you just go ahead and take it away and uh, line our pockets, whatever. You Do your thing. It's 5 a.m. You still haven't slept. You can barely finish railing your nest crack, which is just Adderall sprinkled with cocoa powder. Dessert time will have to wait, Mr. Nose. You sing sadly into the dark. You open your Headspace app and leave yet another pill unsnorted. You can't go on like this. You've got an addiction called meditation. Every year, meditation ruins the lives of countless American Adderall snorters. A single sitting of meditation can rob a user of 20 to 80 minutes of time that could be better spent snorting Adderall. What is this, communist Afghanistan? If you think someone in your family might be experimenting with meditation, call your doctor and make up some bullshit about how you can't pay attention, and they'll give you enough Adderall to make all your problems go away. And the feelings go away. And the memories go away. And then the pain, too. Oh, we'll make it all go away, Tyler. Meditation. Harmless peace from the East or the Devil's brainwaves? Deep. 
So once again, our sponsors' products are available on our website. You just click on the little link to our Patreon, and then you give us money. It's uh, a guarantee that whatever the hell that is will come to you in the mail, uh, or it won't, but we'll have your money. And that's the same thing. So, Shay, it is that time. It is the time, the time for our big smart boy questions. It is the smartest question section because it's our big boy questions. Um, where we kind of try to take what we've learned and draw some sort of conclusion from it. Uh, I know you've got a question, so let's hear yours first. Here I go. Shay here. Uh, my question for this big smart boy question section is a little confusing, and it's maybe a little obvious to, to anyone listening. I'm a little worried that... Um, People are just going to inherently disagree with the premise of mine, like how I inherently disagree with the premise of yours. So mine is, is enlightenment inherently spiritual? Can you reach it through a secular practice or is that maybe, is that something different? And um, to, to like explain what I mean by that is like, can, if you do like a practice like meditation or like, I guess like similarly, if you just like do a fuck ton of acid, like, can you reach enlightenment? like, I guess on accident or not, it's weird. Cause I, I want to say like without a spiritual aspect to it, or is that what spirituality means? I guess. So I'm not like totally sure what I'm asking, you know, <laughs> but I guess, but I think you'll get I, there. I think I might get there. So, but this is maybe more of like a big smart boy framework for the questions I, I, I'm starting to ask as I, we go into week two and as we talk with our experts, but um, Ian, so you have one and uh, it's, it's an interesting one to say the least, <laughs> it, it draw, it, you know, it, it almost, it like perfectly illustrates the divide and how you and I are, are feeling about this so far in our, in our first week. Uh, why don't you go ahead and share it with us? Yeah. So I, I haven't totally shaken. Um, I mean, I, I appreciate your point of view. I, I appreciate the, the, the earnestness with which you try to convince me that like, uh, where it's not watered down and prepackaged. And I don't know, there's just something about like this story of this guy that went, you know, moved or left London to go be a monk and then came back to become a Netflix producer. That just like, I, I don't know, man, it, it seems like a, a Bojack horseman episode, you know? And, uh, I, I think my big smart boy question is, uh, is this like prepackaged mindfulness that we're being sold? Like, is it watered down? Is it prepackaged? Like, is there anything like ethically or fundamentally uh, a foul by, by doing this? I mean, I, it just like I'm thinking of something that I read going into this week that, you know, like in the, in the 60s and 70s really marked the, the death of God and uh, like the end of the idea of the sacred, like is nothing sacred anymore. And I, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, when we imagine like monks, Buddhist monks, Christian monks, Jewish monks, like there's this uh, extreme asceticism, this like removal of society, this, this purity, this idea that there is something sacred there. And then taking that and putting it onto a fucking cell phone app, it's just something about it makes me go, no, it's nothing sacred. You know, coming from an atheist and a Satanist, it is such a weird argument to hear you make. <laughs> You're like, this, this used to be sacred to someone. I don't care. But like, you know, what about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, is that even, do we even need the sacred? Like, I don't think have we, we do. is this a concept we've outgrown? I think so. I mean, who gives a fuck if something's sacred or not? I mean, I think it's funny, like you don't even like respect, but you're like, now you're concerned about things being sacred, which is like somehow like a divine respect. I, yeah, I mean, I, but maybe not sacred in the sense, because again, like, I, I don't think that like Buddhism isn't religious in the same way that Christianity is religious, right? Like, I, I think, well, it's not you dogmatic. Know, 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's like there's there's something in there that feels so fundamentally humanistic. It's like that's the thing. It's like okay, like I can I can fuck with this. Like I can get on board with this. But again, it's like I I still have so little research under my belt. It's like I, I most of this is a self construct that I've just binded to, and it's funny because like I can feel that be the case, and uh, it's just so funny to like feel feel yourself feel so strongly about something that you're like, I don't have the research to totally back this up. But fuck, I'm going in hot. That's, I feel like that's the premise of the show. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It really is. One more thing I want to say uh, just about the, the your question is I, I feel like it might be worth in the next week separating Andy the headspace guy with <laughs> modern mindfulness because he didn't bring mindfulness to, to us, you know, and just because someone made an app doesn't mean the whole, pro like don't throw the baby out with the app, you know? With the app water. I can't the, believe you didn't go with app water. It's, that's, it's close better. enough. Yeah, it's much better than what I, what I yeah, said. Yeah, missed opportunities for oh, well. sure. Um, but, you know, camper education <laughs> is right for those. All right, so anyway, Shay, uh, anything, any parting thoughts before we hand it off to um, our artist of the week this week? Ooh, I am stoked to hear that song. Uh, so to avoid belaboring this any longer no let's Ooh, it's already started oh i love this ian who is this again oh oh yeah shay i'm uh, proud to announce that this is kinship and their song easy yoke which is so fucking good so without further ado here it is your diamond crusted necklace surely looks the part that is hanging over
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. To hear the captain's logs in their entirety, become a monthly supporter and join our Patreon, where you'll get those and tons of other fun goodies. Here at camp, we love supporting music and the people who make it. If you want to hear more amazing music like the song you're hearing now, then follow our playlist on Spotify. Hey, and don't forget to stay tuned next week for the exciting conclusion of Total Fucking Lightning Camp. It's going to be enlightening. Next week on Camp for Education. Yeah, so I was pretty upset to learn that tantric actually didn't mean getting a sunburn and then doing magic. What? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's...